0: Welcome to the Wrestling Heroes and Insiders Podcast, a.k.a. The Whip Show. Your co-hosts, Deshaun Whipdog Whipple and Devastating Daryl Pace, each and every week will bring in some of the top pro wrestlers from around the world. I'm talking WWE, WWE, WCW, Impact Wrestling, NWA, and more. So sit back, get your favorite drink, and listen to some great stories told by those amazing and sometimes crazy pro wrestling superstars. Everybody to the Wrestling Heroes and Insiders Podcast, a.k.a. The Whip Show. You know what it is. I am Deshaun with Dog Whipple, and we are here with my tag team partner.
1: Hey, man, devastating Daryl Pace and Deshaun. I got a big problem, man. I'm I'm disorderly. I want to organize. The the, the live show is tough for me, man. I need a manager. I need somebody that can help me, help manage me. I don't know what to do. You you want a manager? Um, You need
0: somebody that's, like, around the world, like a global superstar, right? That can really help us.
1: Yeah, yeah, somebody like that, because we're worldwide. I need somebody that's international, got worldwide exposure that can really help me out here, man.
0: Well, where can we find a guy like that? Oh, we already got him. Can we give it up to the innovator of the selfie and one of the greatest managers in the history of pro wrestling? Can we give it up for Mr. Sonny Ono? How you doing today, sir?
2: Great. How are you guys doing? Can you guys hear me Okay.
0: We can hear you great, man. We just are terrible with this internet stuff. So you're awesome. Thanks for doing this, man. Internet's easy. All you have to do is pay your bill. Oh, oh, man, that's what it is. I thought because of the pandemic, we didn't have to pay for a couple months. My bad, man. My bad. (laughs) So with that being said, man, first and foremost, speaking of the pandemic, how are you doing? How's how's life treating you?
2: I'm in the middle of nowhere. So, yeah, there's, you know. It, it's, it's all good. And uh, uh, aside from not being able to go to the live shows, you know, as you know, a lot of the guys, you know, a lot of the boys are suffering because all all the independent shows, a lot of them are shut down majority of them, but I'm fortunate enough that uh, I work for fight TV. I do uh, a color commentary on a show from Japan uh, where I have a deal with the Olympic channel. So, uh, you know, being able to speak a different kind of language really helps. And I can do it all, all at my house, so it's great.
0: Woo! So you're just a star. You don't even have to leave the house like everybody else. We're just sitting there. They can't do anything. That's why we love you, man.
2: Well, you know, I, I got to pay my internet bills.
0: <laughs> see, see how the wrestlers do us, man? They just keep shooting, man. They keep ripping us, man. Sheesh! Well, <laughs> with that being said, Sonny, I want to start here, man. Um, you weren't into wrestling at first, I assume. You started off doing martial arts, correct? And then you met Mr. Bischoff through that, uh, through the martial arts, correct?
2: Yeah, yeah, certainly. Um, I, I got all my stuff um, through uh, uh, my connection with Eric. And, and uh, you know, what happened was back in the days, when we're in the early 20s, we used to travel around the circuit, which was called the karate circuit. We used to travel. It was the only place we could meet a lot of, a lot of young ladies from all, all over the United States and, and, uh, and be, able to, be able to get in fights, legitimately at karate tournaments. And uh, we, didn't have to, we, we didn't get in trouble. We, we didn't have to go to jail when, when we busted somebody open. So it was kind of a great, great deal for us. You know, you, you're a young man. You're just out there checking things out. So it was great.
0: So are you originally from, uh, from overseas or are you originally from America?
2: No, I'm originally from Tokyo.
0: Oh, you are originally from Tokyo. Okay. So when you transitioned over here, living with, over here, was it a big transition or it was
2: whatever? Yeah, I came here when I was 11 years old, so uh, I didn't speak any English, so I had to, I had to learn how to speak English. So uh, yeah, my, my first book was Sea spot Run. And I didn't know what Dick was, you know, I didn't know what Dick was doing to Jane, but that's how I learned my stuff.
0: <laughs> we, so I, I know you're a funny guy, and I can already tell that, man. So let's, let's, let's move forward, man. You, you meet Eric Bischoff, and you go into WCW. But a lot of people, the fans thought you were just an on-screen character. But you were doing a lot backstage. Uh, as far as being a liaison, if I'm not mistaken, with New Japan
2: and WCW, correct? Yeah, before, actually, before I became on-camera talent, um, I was, uh, I, I worked as a consultant. That was always my title. And, and what it was, was that um, I, first time I went to Japan, I went there with Eric. This is before I was actually working for WCW. Um, the prior manager had taken like a half million dollars out of New Japan for talent exchange program. They were supposed to send a WCW talent over there. Never happened. So we had a, a, the first meeting I, I attended was we had about three or four big Japanese guy like uh, uh, Ricky Choshu, um, Masa Saito, 64 Olympian. Uh, you had a, a Sagaguchi, Gucci, uh, you know, six foot three judo heavyweight champion Olympian. You know, these people are sitting across from us. They look like they just want to kill us. And I'm going, I, and I have no idea what's going on. This is before I knew anything. And <clears throat> Eric starts to speak. And I find out that, uh, that his company that he was representing has taken half a million dollars out of these people and then, then provide service. So I'm like, you know, what are you bringing me to? You know, I, I didn't know what Eric got me into, but, uh, um, we assured them, or certainly Eric assured them, that I would be the liaison officer that, that, that they can talk their language to um, and, and that the Eric would always take my call so he, they would have an answer within 24 hours or whatever the request they were asking. And my job was to make that relationship work. And, and through that, um, we started bringing the, the Japanese talent over to WCW like Chono, Muda, Kanemoto. Jushin Thunder Liger, you know, Masa Saito, you know, Kensuke Sasaki, and, and so on and so on. And that's, that's how once the talent came over, they needed a mouthpiece. So, you know, it, and this was, you got to remember, this was the time of, you know, current event that was happening in the United States where Japanese yen was strong. There was a bubble going on. And they were over here buying buildings and buying golf courses. So I, I, I took that persona of the rich Japanese guy. You know, and and, uh, that became the Sonny owner of the character.
1: Now, Sonny, did you handle, like, their day-to-day, like, their bookings, the travel, and all of that, too? Like, beyond just the liaison, did you actually help, you know, manage them, I guess, help them get around? uh,
2: Yeah, I made sure that, yeah, my job was to make sure they were happy, make sure that, you know, uh, make sure they got to the building on time and make sure they had the hotel, make sure... Eric, Eric basically told me one thing, just treat them like they treat us when we go over there. And they always treated us like a million bucks. You know? So uh, um, um, it wasn't very hard. You know, I had an expense account. So, you know, I, 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 have to, I have to nudge. I have to kind of figure out a way how I write off a gold club. But other than that, you know, we had a great time. We had, always had a great meal.
0: Ugh. You touched on something right there that I was going to wait till later in the show to bring up, but you talked about your expense account. Well, there's always been a rumor that they talked about Ted Turner, but Eric Bischoff could write a check and just uh, – especially if you got him drunk. How open was Eric Bischoff to signing them checks or getting Ted Turner to sign them checks, man?
2: No, I, you know, I think that's a, that, I think that's a, a myth in a sense. I, I really do. Um, Eric had, you know, the controllers and people that he had to answer to, you know, it's, it's not like, you know, it's not like, uh, now he would say, Hey, we want to get a Hulk Hogan. This is what going to cost. And he had, it's not like he could, he could have just did the deal. You know what I mean? He had to go up the channels and, and make sure, uh, uh, he can get okay. He, people had to sign off on it. And that was the same thing with the new Japan deal, but new Japan deal was relatively easy because they were paying us. They were paying us because what we did was we created a, a synergy between them that they could, they had guys like Chris Benoit, Eddie Guerrero. Um, uh, um, and let's see, who else? Eddie Guerrero. We had uh, a Dean Malenko. Ultimate uh, Dragon. Yep. We had those guys that was a New Japan contract. Yep. So what we did was we created, we put them on their WCW contract and let them use those talents in Japan and they were paying us. So it worked for everybody. New Japan no longer had to pay for these foreign talent. They just paid us one lump sum to be able to use on their tours. So, and, and, you know, when they were not on the tours, when they were not requesting a tour over there in Japan, they were with us. So it made a lot of sense. It was maximizing talent. And of course that way, and talent loved it because they got more money, more guarantee money by signing was WCW.
1: Mm.
0: Now,
2: so you made a lot of business sense. Yeah,
0: absolutely, absolutely. And we want to give a shout out to Chris Willett, He's watching right now. Jamie Brooks said, hello, Sonny. And if you guys got any questions, feel free to put them in the comments. We can go ahead we got Sonny live, so you can ask whatever you like. But Sonny, you talked about some of the great wrestlers through the uh, connection between New Japan and WCW. And you've managed some, a lot of them. And I know it's a hard thing to ask you, but who was one of your, favorite, your top three favorite guys to work with?
2: Well, you know, Muda was, Muda was probably one of the most Im- impacted, you know, New Japan talent, obviously. He was already here before me, so he, he was already a name, the great Muda. I still work with him. I still manage him here in the United States. And I still does his booking for him in the United States, and I work with their office very closely. And, and, you know, working in Japan is like, uh, it's, it's it's having a trust. So my job is to protect them, you know. And so it's not very hard. Um, you know, Yuji Nagata was one of the young boys that they sent over. He still works. He's still he's now an old-timer in, in uh, Japan now, a New Japan Pro Wrestling. But uh, longest tenure of, of things, if you say I had a favorite, you know, Ultimo Dragon and I, had a nice long run with New Japan or uh, with WCW, and you know he he was not with New Japan, so uh, he was independent. So you know we we booked a lot of shows. You know, um, uh, uh, Ultimo Dragon uh, Yoshihiro Asai, he he can work anywhere, and he still works to this day. He's 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 over there in Japan right now, with, uh back with uh, uh, Toriumo, a Dragon Gate.
1: Now you guys, uh, you know, WCW's had a long relationship with New Japan. I remember the late 80s, you know, the, there was this, you know, the the whole Four Horsemen were bought, you know, or by by New Japan or what have you and then and throughout uh the 90s, was there ever a time when when WWE was trying to get a hold, you know, when during that whole Monday Night War were they ever trying to get a hold of a deal with New Japan as well?
2: I I'm not sure, but I I did get a call uh, shortly after I started working with WCW, um, I did get a call if, if I'd be interested, you know, working for someone else. I won't say who, but I did get a call. And and uh, and since then, even even uh, when WCW was done with, you know, uh, um, uh, Jeff Jarrett called me, offered me a job at TNA before, when they were just getting TNA was starting. Um... um it, and and uh, uh right at 2000 maybe 3 i did get a call from WWE about possibly managing a uh, a guy named by uh, uh uh Kenzo Suzuki you know but it it just never materialized but you know i mean there was always interest and 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 what it is i think more than anything else you know um I have a unique set of skills to to use the movie line. Um, You know, I I speak English well enough to to have this conversation with you guys. And, and, uh, you know, uh, I also speak Japanese. So it makes sense for me to be a manager for Japanese talent. You know what I mean? Having an English guy managing a Japanese guy don't make any sense. You know what I mean? Um, I'm
0: glad you brought that up. Because I do, I, I totally understand what you just said, but a lot of times in wrestling, uh, stereotypes occur. You know what I mean? They yeah. uh, back in the day, uh, Boba Brazil had to do the cocoa, but different things of that nature. Some more wrestlers did wrestle without shoes. So, at the time, did those things? That connection did not bother you at all, or some of the stereotypes that they brought to the table?
2: No, I, th- I think it's easy to do that. You know, me it was it was just easy, easy for me to be a heel, you know. Um, and and uh, hey, my 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 job was even easier back then. Like I was telling you earlier, you know, that's before the bubble when Japanese had all kind of money. They were buying everything. They were buying every golf course they could think of, you know. And one time we did a we did a we did a paper a Sturgis, and we went to the, uh, uh, the the monument of the president. And we, did a, we actually did a taping there where uh, Colonel Parker was selling me the, uh, uh, the the monuments of the president, right? The, um, and, and actually, there was actual people that was visiting the monument would listen to me talk. And, and they would tell me, you know, the one lady came up there and said, you, you can't buy that. That's a national monument. I said, <laughs> I told the lady, I said, no, I'm from Japan. We have all the money we want. We have. We have all the money. We make everything. I bet you drive a Toyota, I said. I said, I said, yeah. I said, you're going to help me pay for that monument, you know.
0: So You're always working, baby. I love it. <laughs> well, during that time, Sonny, you were part of one of the biggest areas, the biggest areas and booms of pro wrestling during all that Monday Night War stuff. You guys yeah. even – produced one of the biggest shows collision in korea how, how did that feel man being a part of something like that
2: well that was that was really interesting cuz my government uh, the japanese actually consulate called me and told me not to go um, eric bisha was told by us department not to go you know most of us was told not to go because they couldn't guarantee cuz you know they can't guarantee our safety but what do you know we were being invited there by Antonio Inoki, who was a member of a Diet, which is like a senator here. Um, so, you know, and we were going to with Muhammad Ali. And so, you know, it's, it wasn't like, look, like, you know, I, long as I didn't make sure I wasn't gonna get in trouble, you know, I wasn't worried. Um, Scott Norton almost didn't come home. You know, uh, you heard that story. Yeah, um, we
0: heard about that on Dark Side of the
2: Ring. <laughs> yeah. so, uh, um, you know, it it, 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 it it was amazing. I mean, you know, not very few people get to go there and come back alive, nor come back. You know, not, not very American has gone there and, you know, and, and come back. So, uh, you know, it was the opportunity of lifetime. You know, when I was in martial arts back in um, 1985, I went to South Africa with a national team. And they told me not to go there either, you know, because there was the apartheid. But we went to, we went to Suedo, uh, the township, you know, the, the, the shanty town, and actually taught martial arts to the uh, um, Africans, the blacks. And, and you know, and, and so, look, we were, we were there to do the thing to spread the goodwill. So, and, and that, that's the, the North Korea deal was called the Peace Festival. You know, it was like 350,000 people in two days.
0: Well, like we talked about earlier, they did have you with a lot of the, uh, 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 excuse me, the Japanese wrestlers. You did a lot yeah. of work with the weights as well. But like, like I said, going back to the Monday Night Wars, did you really realize in that moment how big WCW really was? I mean, you guys almost knocked off WWE. <laughs> like how?
2: Sure did. Yeah. I mean, we we, we certainly we certainly had them on the ropes for 83 weeks, right? Um. And, and uh, um, you know, I mean, I knew at the end of the day, you know, because I was older than, you know, go, going in that business at that time, I was, I was already older than most of the people that worked there. So I know it wasn't going to last forever. Just like any television show, it doesn't last forever. But um, it was great though, because I was there at the time when, you know, when wrestling was, wrestling was it, you know. Um, and I got to work with people like Hulk Hogan and 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 you know certainly Ric Flair and, and a Macho Man. Macho Man sat right on that couch right right over here and 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 uh, went to my kids' show and tell. And and you know yeah he showed up here. I have a Macho Man's Randy Savage's bike sitting in, sitting in my garage. And and it's the only bike he ever owned because I'm a dealer. So uh, I'm a car dealer, so I still have the title and and Randy Poffel's name.
1: Well, uh, that, that's amazing. Now, I mean, and there's so much I want to ask you about, about that stuff because I know you got a lot of memorabilia and that stuff I've seen. One, yeah. one question, because I know we're going to get into this sooner or later, so we probably can start now. In, with the NWO, NWO, were yeah. you with Eric Bischoff when he was in Japan and seeing some of the things that the, Jap- the Japanese were doing and, you know, that whole idea? Like, Tell us a little bit about that. Were you a part of that whole um, forming and the idea of the NWO?
2: um did i play part in it Uh, that's a question you have to ask eric but i did ask such a question as what new japan was doing at the time and there was invasion angle going on with to new japan with another company and i did i did tell eric at one point i said i said it's too bad that you can't do a wwf versus wcw like they're doing in japan and and you know um and he did. He did kind of make that happen. He knows he, that can't happen, but he made, you know, perception is reality. He made NWO and make it made it happen. You know, he, he made it look like they were coming over here to invade, and 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 uh, that's that's NWO. But you know, uh, you gotta you gotta give it credit where credit's due. Eric made that thing happen. You know, and and uh, it was great. I and mean, NWO Japan, where Chono and Muda, you know, actually, actually uh, double-crossed me and joined NWO, and he became the whole Nash version of New Japan, took that angle, and 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 went took it to New Japan NWO Japan, and they ran with that deal. And I'm gonna tell you that 1998, they sold seven million dollars worth of NWO T-shirt. In New Japan. Uh, question, who gets
1: the money for that? Does, you know, because of this deal, does, does New Japan keep those that t-shirt money or what, what's going on? New Japan's
2: the one who made most of the money because we were selling to them for a cost or a wholesale, you know, I'm guessing between six dollars and you know, some somewhere around there. And they were selling it at their arena for 38 bucks. Wow. And you know, you you know who complained most about that was Chono and Muda. But they got no money for it, but the truth of the matter is, neither did Hall and Nash. They didn't make any money off the N.W.L. T-shirt either. Now, was
1: N.W.L. just as big in Japan as it was in the U.S.? Where was it comparable? Yeah, it, was.
2: it was. It was. It was pretty amazing.
0: Yo, Daryl, I don't know if you know, I was listening to uh, 83 Weeks with Bischoff, and they actually said they still have a store, N.W.L. store or something in Japan, so they're still pushing
2: the shirts or something. Masahiro Chono, you remember Chono? Yeah. Chono actually has a clothing store in Ginza and he has gotten licensing rights from uh, uh, WWE and he sells that NWO goods in Japan. Wow.
1: wow. Well,
2: you
0: know, I, I gotta say this. If y'all didn't catch it, He's being modest. Sonny Ono actually said he started the NWO idea uh, by telling Eric about the invasion. So I'm saying he said, I'm just joking, I'm joking. No,
2: no. I, I mean, no, I'm just saying, you know, I said, wouldn't it be great? I said, too bad you can't do that. But Eric's the one who come up with that. You know, I, I had nothing to do with, you know, being able to do it. He's, he's, the, he's the brain. You
0: do have a question on the table. Um, it says, yeah. and this is from Chris Willett. Mr. Ono, who was the hardest person
2: to manage hardest person to manage
0: yes whether they I guess
2: I you know almost all the guys were so good um and 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 I I I never had an issue with anybody you know um I mean I mean my job was pretty easy um you know my job was to make sure they were happy especially the foreign talents and and so, I really mean, never had an issue.
0: Nice,
1: nice. Now, when we've got guys, right? We got guys here from the U.S. You know, going to Japan. You know, obviously they're working, but almost like tourists too. You know, they're going to have fun in the city. Same thing from you know the Japan coming to the U.S. You know, you know were, were there any ladies' men uh, among your talent, uh, uh, Sonny? That uh, you had to control some uh, libidos of some of the crew.
2: Um, well, actually it's probably more backward when I was, when I was, you know, when we were traveling on a road, we had, you know, you remember Kaz Hayashi, um, young dragons, um, uh, when he came in, he he was pretty young. He was, he was 20 something. He was, just came out of Mexico. He was, went from Japan to Mexico to, uh, get a name for himself and, and through, uh, Ultima Dragon, he got into WCW and and uh, he's a pretty young man, you know, he didn't speak any English. So we'd be on the road. Um, and I, and this, this is a shoot story, so I'll tell you. Um, so we're in, we're in Mountain of West Virginia somewhere, you know. And, um, and uh, it was me, Perry Saturn, um, and Kaz And what I would do is office would always pay for my hotel room. Boys had to get there, buy their own hotel room, you know. So I would tell those Japanese guys, I said, listen, I got two beds in my room. You know, you can come and you, you can crash in you know, my room, no problem. You know, whether it was Ultimate Dragon or, you know, as long as they didn't mind bunking, you know, in the same room with me, I, I said, hey, you're welcome to stay. Save yourself some money, right? So uh, um, I would do that. And uh, uh, we went out one night in West Virginia after the the show. And it was me, Perry Saturn, Kaz Hayashi, and Ernest Miller might have been there, I'm not sure. But um, we went to a club, and we saw a gal staring at Kaz. And Kaz doesn't speak in English, so, you know, me being me, I said, me being his, you know, his buddy and a manager, so I said, hey. So I told the girl to come over here, and this girl wasn't like all there. Well, you know, she was like, well, I'm, I'm being kind, she was, she, she wasn't all there, she was a little slow. Okay. So I okay. said, I, cause she wasn't really speaking, you know, like you would normally speak to a young lady. So I said, hey, so do you like my friend right here? She nods, you know, kind of nods. I said, hey, do you, wanna, do you wanna dance with him? And she nods and I said, Cass, go up there and dance with her. Cause you know, they, they will always do you know what I tell them to. So he goes out there cause he's a young boy, right? So he I goes out and he's, he's dancing with a girl, and uh, and uh, Perry gets a phone call, and Perry says, "Hey, there all the boys at this other club. Let's go." So I go, Cats, we gotta go to this other club down the street." And and uh, and and Kat started to come over, and 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 the, and the girl want says, "What?" Cat says, "What should I do with the, the girl?" I said, I don't know. Maybe, maybe. So I said to the girl, I said, Hey, can you bring him to the club? And she kind of nods. I go, man, she's really slow here, but that's what the hell. So anyway, so we go to the club and everybody's there. We all partying drinking, and drinking. That girl is, you know, hang, just hanging on Cas. And so bar's closing, light goes on, right? Bar's closing. Last call, light comes on. So I said to, uh, I said, I said to the girl, I said, hey, do you want to spend the night with my friend? And she nods. <laughs> so now it's like a rib, right? Like Perry's laughing his head off, okay? And, and, and uh, so he goes, Perry says, oh, Cass, you, you're going to get some. You're going to get some American stuff. Oh. <laughs> so he's ribbing him and stuff. So we're laughing. So I said, well, can you, I told the girl, I said, can you make sure he gets, he gets, you know, he gets where he needs to go. And she nods, you know, she's not saying much of anything. And so we're laughing. So bar closes. Pear and I drive back to the hotel. The minute we open the door to the lobby, I see the, I see the elevator door closing, right? And it's Kaz and a chick. And I then at that point I realized, oh shit. He's staying in my room. <laughs> so I go I go up to the room. I knock on the door. I said, Kaz. I said, You got I say, hey. So I go in a room, here's this girl standing on the foot of the bed. Kaz is laying on the bed. And this is, you know, begin two, three o'clock in the morning. I said, Hey, we gotta get up. So I'm I'm gonna go to bed. So hit the light. I crash on my side of the bed, you know, my bed, and and uh, I, I said, Kaz says, "Sunny-san," and in Japanese, he goes, "What what should I do?" I said, "Well, I don't know." I said, "What do you think? What do normal people do in Japan when you got a girl in your room?" So I, it's just, well, "I don't know what to say to her," he says in Japanese. So I so I had to I had to translate to get the girl on the bed with him. It's yeah, I had to ask the girl. I said, "Hey, do you yo. wanna do you wanna do my friend?" Hey, yo, yo, yeah. hey, Y'all thought he was just a manager
0: in the ring. See, he yeah. helps him out everywhere, yeah. baby.
2: Right. So, so I hear him going at it, you know, and and I'm trying to sleep, and 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 uh, so 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 this is the best part. Cass goes. Cass says, "Sunny Sun, I'm finished." I go, why the fuck are you telling me? <laughs> he says, what should I do with her? I said, look, I don't know, man. I said, you know, far as I know, I'm going to bed. We'll figure it out in the morning. You know, got up next morning. She was still there. And I said, Kaz, you're not staying in my room anymore.
0: <laughs> man, it was your fault, man. You can't kick him out, man.
2: So we go to the next town, right? Yeah. All the way to the next town, we're revving cats. Me and Perry just ribbing them, and goes, "Man, I said, make sure to make sure, make sure to, you know, make sure to go see the doctor. You know, did you wear your stuff? Just giving them all kind of shit, right? Yeah,
1: yeah.
2: And 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 uh, I said, you know, that girl gonna follow you the rest of the tour, right? He goes, no, no, she. We got to the next hotel, she was waiting in the lobby. I made him go get another room.
0: Wow. Yeah. Okay. So, like I said, y'all heard it. If you want a real manager, he take care of everything,
1: (laughs) baby. Well, we said we need some help. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Yo. Um, Well, well, let's uh, shift
0: gears a little bit. Speaking of your friendships, like I said, I'm Facebook friends with you, so I see how you maneuver. You weren't the greatest. Ernest and Cat Miller are still really tight, man. How did that uh, friendship blossom like that?
2: And why kind of know? Because we're both involved in martial arts, and we continue to be involved in the martial arts. You know, he, he's a legit you know, three-time world champion. Um, he competes still at 65 and over division, or 60, 60 and over division. He still competes. And, and uh, so, you know, we stand in touch like that all the time. And, and uh, he, you know, he he's, uh, last project he did was he was, he was, he did a MacGyver show. Uh, um, and he's, he's actually, he's got a recurring role on that show now. And uh, he's working with CBS and, and with a couple of projects. So you'll see us around doing stuff together down the line. Uh, you know, we, we, and we talk to each other probably about three or four times a week.
0: Whoa, whoa, whoa. Is that another exclusive? You said he'll see us together. So are you guys, like, working in tandem, kind of like uh, Bischoff and Hogan? Is that what we going to see with Sonny
2: know and Ernest Miller? Yeah, we have – Ernest has a project with, with uh, CBS producer to do some stuff. So, uh, yeah, and, he, you know, he, he's got some stuff in it works. But you know how it goes. You know, we don't know how much it will materialize, but it is and works. We'll see what happens.
0: Now, with that being said, let me ask another quick question cuz I can't let you get out of here without asking this. The innovator of the selfie. You were doing it about 10, 15 years before we were putting out the cameras. What made you what where did it come from, man?
2: Well, you know, you got to remember if 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 you took a if you took a job if if you saw a Japanese cuz I was I was a guy who was, came from Japan with all the money. saying what's, what's the what is you know foreign tours as japanese known for they always got a camera and they always taking pictures right and because we want to uh um uh, you know remember the, remember the, the events so uh instead of having my own camera man i thought wouldn't it be great i'll just come and do uh you know have a 35 millimeter um uh fuji camera wound up thing remember those things disposables Mm-hmm. So so we used to come out and I would do I would do a, a, a shot you know they, they didn't call it selfie then you know cuz we didn't have these phones you know back then but you know uh, so yeah you're right I was when a when a phone camera became that's when it became selfies but yeah 15 years ahead of time I was doing the selfies
1: Innovator, innovator. <laughs> we, got, we got a question here. Actually, I got an inbox question, because as you talked about, you know, being able to speak the language made you a great you know, opportunity for you to be a liaison between, you know, New Japan and WCW. Were there other guys? You know, WCW was full of a lot of talent, you know, around the world. Were there other guys that were kind of like liaisons, too, of either Mexico or... Uh, or yeah, I mean, I,
2: countries? yeah, I ended up managing Psychosis, La Parca, El Dandy um you know a silver king i managed a lot of those luchador as well um you know um so it, it was a lot of fun because when i started feuding when with when ultimate dragon and i split up i started feuding with with dragon so i i managed all the luchador to beat him because you know he so um so that that was that was a relationship we had um and you know one of the things that people don't realize or it, it doesn't get enough uh, uh, enough news about it is that, you know, when you're on the road with talent, you know, you're spending more time with them than you do with your own family, you know, and, and they become part of your family. I mean, they become extended family for you. So, you know, I, every time when I do, uh, when I do see uh, La Parka, you know, uh, or we give a big hug and talks about the old days, the psychosis, you know, uh, silver King just passed away uh, last year um you know and 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 uh, uh, so it's 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 really not a trouble it's really because, uh, you you know one of the one of the funnest times that i have is going to this autograph signing and seeing my old friends you know uh, uh so you know it, it, it's a it's not a work you know and, 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 uh, it's really enjoyable, fun. Um, I don't want to be on the road anymore. Um, you know, I like, I like doing this stuff right out of- in the computers, right at home, but, uh, uh, you know, unless there's another big project or something I can do to help, you know, um, I mean, I love Oscar, right? I mean, Oscar is one of the great talent. Um, and, and so is Nakamura, but the, I think they're, because it's a television we do here and wrestling is a part of it, but it is a television show they're producing, right? Storyline. Why are they fighting? You know, what is, what is, what, you know, smart fan wants to know all that stuff. And if you can't communicate, you know, it's much harder for they, those guys to stay at the top and get over, you know? Um yeah you know she's mad because you did that, but still you you do you do need to articulate and that's difficult just like let me tell you how it is because um guys like you, right you've been you know you're a fan of wrestling, but I can tell you or both of you guys, you know sometimes when you get when you call customer service and you get a guy on the line who speaks real bad English from India you know I mean. English is second language to me, so I'm I have a hard time understanding broken English, you know, and I get really frustrated. And that's kind of feeling when when a Japanese talent try to speak English and can't articulate as well and, and enunciate the words. That's 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 when you lose the fans, you know. You don't want you don't want the fans to go. What what did he say? You know what I mean? So I think that's that's why the managers. Uh, you know, are important, just as important for Brock to have uh, Heyman, you know. Brock speaks English just fine, but Heyman plays a role of advocate who is, who can articulate and 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 uh, kind of cover up for lack of uh, some talent who can't articulate as well.
0: Thank you. I'm glad you just answered that because that was actually going to be my next question. You know, some of the great, uh, uh, international wrestlers come over and sometimes there is a disconnect. We love their work, but like you said, in American wrestling, we tend to like the personality and the character, but thank you for answering that. I didn't even have to ask. I didn't even have to ask. Um, you have a question on the, on the table. Uh, I'm going to ask it the way they wrote it from Eric Penhoff. Are you still friends with Vince McMahon? Well, did, first of all, did you ever meet Vince? And do you guys have any type of relationship
2: since you didn't work with him? No, I actually, actually, I have never met Vince McMahon. Um, I, I, I seen him in arena, you know, when I was invited to their shows and stuff, but, you know, never, never had an opportunity to, to do that. I, I talked to their, you know, uh, Johnny A's, their bookers, and some of the people that, that talked about the possibility, but you know, never went beyond that.
1: Uh, now, one question for you, Sonia. Like we we hear about backstage at WCW, we hear heard all kinds of people write about it. You know, what was it really like there? Was it you know was it chaos that some people write? It was it was it was it normal? Like, what was it like for you? And then, how did things go when when the whole sale came into place? How did you transition out of WCW? So, kind of, what was the backstage like?
2: Well, I was gone before the sale, um, you know, uh, but. Um, as uh, far as backstage goes, you know, you had your top storylines. You had the Stings, the Hogan's, you know, uh, Kevin Nash and Scott Halls and NWO. Those were the top echelons of people that was major storyline that driven. Now, I was mostly involved with, with the, you know, uh, uh, beginning of the second hour guys, you know, or beginning of the first hour guys, you know, international talent. You got to remember, I, I managed the greatest women wrestler like uh, Bo Nakano, Akira Hokka, who's still WCW world champion. Um, even to this day, I just did a TV show on Fuji TV in December, flew over there and did a TV show about that. Um, so, you know, we did, we feud with Medusa. Um, uh, so, we, you know, we we were perfectly fine now were there were there some issues um yeah i mean there was there was some issues when when ernest miller and and uh, buff baggio got in a fist fight backstage yeah it was more more of a pull apart it wasn't it wasn't really a fight because i wouldn't want to fight ernest miller either um I mean, you
1: sound like a good match <laughs> no,
2: no somebody being silly um but uh um uh, Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, you have a lot of testosterone going on there. I'm sure that there was some, you know, but what's amazing about professional wrestler in general, wrestlers in general is that you may not like each other, but they go out there and give their body to each other. You know, that that's always been an amazing thing to me. You know, you and I cannot agree on anything, but if we're working in the ring, you know, we have to trust each other because we actually, I'm trusting you with my life, mm-hmm. right? Because one, one, you know, mistake and, and you know, you, you can end somebody's career mm-hmm. or their life for that matter. Mm-hmm. So that always amazed me that how they can, they can still do what they do, you know, I, I, to get back to Ernest Miller and Buff Bagua at the, the Raw Wild pay per view. After they had the issue in the backstage, we still went out there and did the pay-per-view. Still went out there and did the match. So that goes to tell you how professional both those gentlemen are.
0: Absolutely. That's what's up. Absolutely. Now, uh, before we get out of here, we do have a couple things we want to ask also. But we got a segment. It's called Book Yourself. Now, what that is, first of all, Sonny, do you watch any of the current wrestling and if you were to take Sonny Ono, the inventor of the selfie, manager to the stars, and place him in today's wrestling, how would you book yourself?
2: Uh, you know, I mean, because people knows me as that character. So, so you know, I, I, I think there's a plenty on AEW. If you're talking about AEW or for them at TNA or uh, WWF or WWE, uh, there's a plenty of Japanese talent. That I can show up and and be an advocate or or uh uh, uh be a translator or you know and and I, I with my new selfie stick I have a lot lot better use use with that to whack somebody upside the head with it so so uh yeah so there's there's a way to 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 uh, put myself back in a current event um, we do as I told you early on that uh, we do a uh, uh, guy named by Rob Hockman and I do a DDT show out of Japan. Uh, DDT is a promotion out of Japan. Uh, and uh, uh, Dan Magden and myself, we do uh, uh, Tokyo Josh, has the largest women group, amazing, beautiful women who is stiff as heck that uh, we do a pay-per-view and you can you can see them on a fight tv and you can go to youtube and get a sample of it and we do a pay-per-view out of japan and those are the two two guys that that there's uh, a play-by-play and I'll, I'll do the color on their show so uh and and you know those guys are great so you know i'm still out there doing my thing and uh i tell you you can't you can't believe how good and how knowledgeable Rob Hockman is, and, and especially a like guy like Dan Magden. You know, both those guys, believe it or not, if you, if you Google their name, you'll find that Dan Magden worked for WW, WWF in earlier days. He's the guy who produced their movies. You know, he worked for, for SmackDown and Raw. And you got a guy named Rob, Rob Hockman who worked for uh, uh, Kevin Nash, closely with Kevin Nash at WWF and, and WWE. And uh, he worked with uh, – uh, and these guys are legit announcers. I mean, you know, Rob worked for uh, 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 Giants and because uh, he was in New York. He, he, he does a broadcast play-by-play for hockey. I mean, these, these are great guys that I get to work with. So, uh, you know, not only that, they're a great wrestling fan and knowledgeable about wrestling. So it makes my job a lot easier. Now,
1: Sonny, I, 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 there's so much I want to ask you, but one thing I know I've seen some of your memorabilia because I, I remember talking about somebody about the uh, machines, and I saw that you had the Andre the Giant machine mask. What's some of the memorabilia you've got? What's your what's your best couple of pieces?
2: Well, let me tell you something about Andre. You know, the the, the the giant machine, giant super machine. So um, that that was when Paul Wright was first starting out in WCW. They really, you know, the, the angle was, you know, he was a son of Andre the Giant. So one of the things that we wanted to do was maybe bring him in under the mask on, this, on the Giant machine and review, reveal him as, as uh, you know, the Andre the Giant son. And, and some reason that didn't happen, but when that was being discussed, that mask, Oh, Andre's mask was given to me by, uh, 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 Brian Adams. Um, that was the idea from New Japan. And, and, uh, of course he passed away and, and, you know, I, I that's how I have that mask and, and, uh, a uh, channel and WWE is doing a story about memorabilia, as you know, and, um, uh, they're going to come here and, I think they're going to try to buy the mask from me.
0: Get, remember, get all your money, man. Get all your money. Remember,
2: well, it's the only mask in existence. It's the only mask that Andre that, that, uh, the Giant ever wore. You know, it's not like a tiger mask or a ultimate dragon mask. There was many of those. There's only one. And I happen to have it. And,
1: and you have that, you talked about my, Macho Man's bike. What's another thing? What, what's another
2: prized possession you got over there? Well, I have Randy Macho Man's bike who was who, uh, made for him by Carlini. Uh, that's a designer uh, who designed a prowler for Chrysler. Um, and if you look up Carlini, you'll find that he makes motorcycle uh, parts that you can put it on. So in and, and 96, when we were doing the pay-per-view in Sturgis, Randy ordered a bike from Carlini. You know, over $50,000 he, he bought this bike, almost 60. And had the bike delivered to Tampa, all the way from California to Tampa. And guy rolls the bike out, starts the bike. Randy comes out, loves the bike, gets on the bike. And he says, where's the reverse? <laughs> He didn't know he never rode a bike before. Wow. And he, they tell, you know, everybody kind of laughs, giggles, and, well, there's no reverse. You just got to, you know, you got to walk it back. Well, when he did that, Randy dumped the bike. He got off of it, and he says, excuse my language to you, fans. He says, fuck it, I don't want it, and went (laughs) in the house. The guy, the, the delivery guy didn't know what to do. So he, called, he called Eric Bischoff, and Eric Bischoff called me if I wanted to buy the bike. Nice. So I bought the bike and drove it on a pay-per-view to Sturgis. But there's one caveat to that, is that bike was custom-made for Macho Man. You know, Randy was, what, 6'2", something like that. You know, I'm 5'4 on my best day. So there's a picture of me somewhere in WWE Archive, because they have that pay-per-view where we're driving into Sturgis, me sitting on, literally sitting in a tank of that motorcycle so I can ride it.
0: Man, y'all heard that. Go to the WWE Network, look for that pay-per-view, <laughs> screenshot it, and send it to us so I can put it on his page, man. I'm to shout out to Rob. He's been watching... The one you were just talking about, Ron Hoffman, great guy. Shout out to you, man, for checking us out tonight. Oh, uh, but Darryl, I know we got so much stuff, but Darryl, before we go, you gotta ask him. You gotta do it. You gotta do it. You gotta well, do yeah. It. You
1: know, I, uh, we always have a question here or something I bring out is kind of a mark out moment. Like, you know, you worked in WCW, uh, in New Japan, right? I mean, you, you're around at the the height of everything, right around everybody. Yeah. What's the What What's the time when you're in the locker room and you're sitting next to somebody and you go, "Oh my God, I can't believe this guy's next to me." What, what was that for you? You know.
2: Well, you know, we 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 got to experience a lot of things. You know, Hawk asked me to ride on his jet. You know, he had a private jet. He says, "You know," um, uh, he said, "Come on." come on, where are we going? He said, you can ride with me on my plane. You know, he he flew me, I got to ride on his plane. Um, you know, me, I think it was uh, 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 Hitman Hart, he was on there. I'm trying to think who else was on the flight, but it, you know, those are the kind of moments you go, man, you know. But, but the one great moment I had was, because was, uh, he was my hero. So, I mean, so when we went to North Korea, you know, we we went there with Muhammad Ali. So uh, uh, we went to one of the monument, you know, that they made us go, you know, give 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 our tribute to, right? Well, I can't remember it was Ricky Dozan's house or you know Kim Sung Il, the great leader, you know, whatever. We we went there, you know, we did our thing, and as we walking back to our uh, cars. You know, I, I feel something whacking me in the back of my head, like somebody slapping me in the back of my head. And I go, what the hell? I turn around and look, it's Ali jabbing back of my head. <laughs> so I turn around and I go, champ, you don't want none of this. I may be small, but, you know, I, I, I can't, my, I, you know, you growing's my height, buddy. Be careful. <laughs> you know, Slight. so, stuff like that. And Ali actually uh, um uh, uh Muhammad Ali actually signed a watch is uh, a collective watch. He signed it to Sonny and gave me the, you know, I have that, I have that. And I have a picture of him, him and I squaring off because uh, um, Eric Bischoff took a snapshot of me and him squaring off. Wow. Oh, man! So you know, those are the, those are the moment that you glad, you know, of course I've been with Antonio Inoki and, and, you know, um, uh, many people like, you know, I mean, great football player that that worked for us, Mongo McMichael, Kevin Green, you know, but those guys all signed. I have a football signed by those guys. And, and, uh, um, uh, you know, so those are the memorabilia that I have. And, and, uh, you know, those are the moment in your time in your life that you want to have something to remember. You know, I always thought that, so I have those things. You know, I, I, lucky for me, I, I still have it.
1: I, I've got to ask one more. I've got to ask one more. I've got to sneak one in. We, right? t- we don't talk about the Nature Boy too often on this show, but I've got to get the Nature Boy out there.
2: Any Ric Flair stories, and have you seen him naked? <laughs> you no. Know, nature Boy Ric Flair is exactly the person you see on television, in person generous to a fault he can drink with the best of them and and uh very generous right so so uh we and he loves sushi so we would go we would go eat sushi you know eric myself and, and of course by the night's over he's buying everybody a drink and 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 uh you know that's rick flair but i i do remember one time i did get a phone call and and uh, he, he you know he can't find his Rolex, gold Rolex, you know. I, I, I'm I'm sure it's thirty, forty thousand dollars a gold Rolex. And uh, you know, find out why I'm somebody stole this watch, he doesn't have it. What well, happened find out what happened last night? Well it turns out, you know, I get hold of Arn and Arn says, Well tell Rick he gave it to the waitress last night. And apparently he have done that more than one occasion.
0: Wow. <laughs> wow. Sonny, I gotta ask you this, man, before we get out of here.
2: Yeah.
0: You're an amazing, you're an amazing manager yourself. But who are your other top three managers that you used to like to watch and study?
2: Well, Bobby Heenan, Jimmy Hart, you know, of course, Mr. Fuji. You know, those 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 are my top threes. And you know, I, I was fortunate enough. To have Bobby and Jimmy, and you know those guys were, you know, to this green kid who came in had to manage, you know, not knowing anything about the wrestling business, had to go and manage, and and, and you know it was easy for me in a sense that I had to play the character, but those character were developed by those guys, you know, they're the one who helped me, you know. Um, um, I miss Mean Gene. He was most amazing. He was easiest guys to, you know. He helped us out so much when we used to do those local TV, you know, uh, PSAs and stuff. He was just great, you know. You, you, you know, they don't make him like that anymore, you know. So, so, uh, the, you know, I, I, I love him, miss him, but uh, those are the people who helped me to be who I am today.
1: Daryl. You got anything else for Mr. Ono? Oh man, I can keep Sunny here all night, man. I mean, there's so much stuff, man. But I know that uh, his time is precious, so no. I, again, million things, but no, I just so much appreciate you, you know, coming out to our show. For sure, for well, sure. Listen,
2: do me one more favor, and and go to Fight TV, F-I-T-E. It's a free app, right? You can download it on your phone. It's a great technology because they have so many free content out there as well as pay-per-view that you can only get there. We have, you know, bare-knuckle kickboxing from um uh, 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 uh from Myanmar, uh, used to be Burma. We have, I brought that to United States. And we have uh, uh, Pro Wrestling NOAA, uh, which is probably number two company in Japan, after, you know, behind New Japan. And you have uh, 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 DDT, Tokyo Josh they have those three guys, three company, pro wrestling company got together and they just announced a couple of days ago, they are on the group called cyber fight, which is, uh, uh, they're, you know, they're going to be reckoned with, and they have a pay-per-view, another pay-per-view coming up in September. And, uh, just go back. If you get a chance, watch Rob and I on DDT, some of the match, DDT is like out there. So, because so they give you everything. He gives you everything. If you don't know DDT, they give you everything. They have cross-gender matches. They have, you know, mixed tags. They have uh, stuff that, you know, you can't really, uh, I mean, take you to a places that, uh, am I watching pro wrestling or am I watching something else? You know, one of those. And you got one of those. And you also have very strong style matches you know, uh, uh, rivals anything that New Japan puts out there. So you get a lot of variety of stuff. You know, and Rob Hockman and myself, we do that. Rob does play-by-play, like I said, and and I do, you know, I, I do the color and smarten them up on a lot of stuff that goes on in Japan and what bar to go to after the show or where the girls going to be hanging out. You know, that's what I'm good at. That I, like Ooh. you said, I am a manager for after the show as well. And, and we have Dan Magden, who is very knowledgeable. Uh, uh, we, do, we do Tokyo Josh, you know, beautiful, strong, stiff, amazing ladies. So go to Fight TV and check us out and uh, hit me up on the Facebook. Say hello, because I'm going to be getting rid of all my memorabilia that I f- keep finding in my office. Y'all heard that.
0: He's absolutely right. Listen, y'all watch the 24-7 thing in WWE. Y'all see the hardcore thing they used to do. DDT Pro was doing that way before. And trust me, it was (laughs) – I'm not going to tell you. You just got to watch it. Go back to DDT Pro and watch when they were doing their 24-7 win the belt everywhere thing. It was amazing. But, Sonny, like, you already kind of did it because when we close out, we got a segment. We call it ring the bell, where you talk about anything for sixty seconds. But you kind of already touched on it. But I'm gonna give you sixty more seconds. So for these sixty seconds, you can inspire people. You can just promote yourself. Uh, you can tell what club to go to. But Sonny oh no you got sixty seconds. I want you to ring the bell. Go ahead, sir.
2: Well. For the last three years, we have done what they call Chosen One. I have taken the brightest and the young talents from the United States where we do a tryout. Uh, two years ago, we did it with Russell One. They got, we chose 12 guys, took them to Japan for a week. They got to Russell in Kolokin Hall. They got the Russell uh, uh, on the Russell One promotion. They got to train twice a day in Russell One Dojo. We're doing it again next year when this thing with uh, the with virus is over, but this it's going to be better than ever. We'll probably have a ten location, couple of international. We we already got place in England. We're probably going to do one in Canada as well, and we're going to choose a talent. Then we're going to do it. The chosen one going to do a show in L.A. And then we're I'm bringing in all the bookers from like DDT, c- CyberFight. Tokyo Josh, Noah, they're going to be here and they get to see you and they might kind of good chance. You might get a job in Japan. So I'm bringing those people who make those decisions here. Then we're actually going to chose about 10 guys to go to Japan to train in Japan. So that's coming up. Uh, so keep your eyes open, keep watching fight and, uh, Keep me, you know, keep checking me out on Facebook and uh, we'll be making those announcements.
0: Y'all heard that, and we're definitely gonna have that up on all our social media platforms so y'all can be aware because you're getting an amazing opportunity to be the chosen one with Sonny Yono. And listen, like he said, download the Fight TV app, check out DDT Pro, check out Tokyo Joe's, check out everything. It's a lot of wrestling in the world besides just what we see here on our Local television channels, but with that being said, yeah, we I know it's been a great show. But we got to get out of here, man. You know what to do, check us out each and every week at the Whip Show Podcast. We're on Anchor, we're on Spotify, we're on iTunes, we're on Google Play, wherever you consume your podcast. You can check us out to watch the video of this on YouTube. Just put in the Whip Show Podcast. Follow us on Instagram at the Whip Show Podcast. And if you have a guest that you want to be on the show or a suggestion, you know what to do. Email us at the whip show at gmail.com. We gotta get out of here. You know what it is? I am the Sean Whip Dog Whipple. Devastating Daryl Pace. And we were here with the great one. Why well, you know, you know what I mean? Mr. know, the innovator of the selfie. So guys, check you out next time on the show. Sonny, don't leave just yet after the show's over. We want to talk to you for a hot second. But we'll see you next week on the Wrestling Heroes and Insiders podcast, a.k.a. The Whip Show. Take care, guys.